Welcome to the Teach Me Lit podcast. I'm Sophie Tuvey and I love talking about books and helping you to revise for English literature and go deeper in the texts you're studying. I'm going to look today at this path paper question on a view from the bridge, which is that one of the key themes of the play is the failure of plans, hopes and dreams. Now, I think this question is a great question because it really gets you to look at the play as a tragedy. Um, because really, the way I would start off answering this question is going straight to the fact that it's a tragedy and therefore it is about the inevitable failure of the hopes and dreams, particularly of the protagonist, um, Eddie, but also the other characters as well. Now, what's important is that when Alfieri introduces the characters and the situation of the play in what is functionally a kind of prologue or chorus at the beginning of the play, um, Alfieri notes several important things. Firstly, that he himself was born in Italy and came to America when he was 25. So he himself is an immigrant and these characters in the play are one step away from Italy in terms of, you know, their first generation or second generation um, Italian immigrants living in this community um, near Brooklyn Bridge. Now, um, Brooklyn Bridge, um, the bridge that's in the title, is a symbol of America, um, of a successful part of America. Um, and it symbolizes that American dream, that key idea that anyone can come to America, can start a new life and can be successful and achieve whatever they want to achieve. Um, but the, so the bridge is a symbol of opportunity. Um, and yet the bridge is also a reminder of the gulf between say, for example, the Italians and the Americans. Um, it can also be a, a symbol of potentially even death. Um, you know, in Miller's other plays, you know, characters jump off a bridge. Um, it, it can be a, a sense of despair and a sense of a gulf that you just can't cross. Um, so there's that kind of paradox of the bridge meaning different things. But Alfieri um, introduces the community of Red Hook um, and he says, this is the slum that faces the bay on the seaward side of Brooklyn Bridge. This is the gullet of New York swallowing the tonnage of the world. So what's really important is from the beginning, he's placing the play in a slum, in an area of poverty, in an area where these Italians are separated from the opportunity and the fortune and the wealth of real America. And so the description of they are the gullet of New York swallowing the tonnage of the world is in a sense, we're at the bottom of the heap here. We're looking after the trash and the waste. Um, we're not, we're not the other side of the bridge where the opportunity is, where the acceptance is. Now that's important to bear in mind because the protagonist of the play, Eddie, is a longshoreman working the docks. So, you know, he's a, he's a poor guy. They live in a tenement building. Um, Eddie is not a, successful guy in American terms and yet in the eyes of the Italians who are suffering from extreme poverty he is and this is one of the, the big things about 
plans, hopes and dreams in the play is the sense that Miller creates of relativity, that one man's success is another man's failure and another man's failure is another man's success. Eddie is really aware of his place in the pecking order, a sense that, you know, he knows he's not made it in terms of the American dream and, you know, all of that. And yet to Marco and Rodolfo coming from their background, um, Eddie's made it. He's in a great home compared with what they're used to and he's earning to them good money. So, so much of it is subjective. Now, I think it's fair to say that when we open the play, um, Miller very deliberately introduces and refers to the plans, hopes and dreams of the main characters. So you've got Eddie, who seems to be fairly happy at this point with the status quo. Um, what's first introduced in that one is Catherine's dream, really, of getting this job that she's been offered. And it's clear that Eddie's opposition to the job reveals his own hopes and dreams, um, not only for Catherine, but perhaps um, subliminally for himself. So Catherine's offered this job which would involve her leaving school before she's meant to um, and Catherine is really keen to take it um, even when she describes it um, she says how it ain't exactly a secretary but it's a stenographer first but pretty soon you get to be the secretary um, so she's really amazed at being given this opportunity and is really eager to take it. Um, there's a sense of pathos there in that that's a pretty rubbish job. I mean, it's not a great job. It's low, it's, she's really impressed at the pay being like $50. Um, and Eddie himself is impressed at that. But there's a sense here of there's going to be a ceiling and a cap on what she can achieve if she goes for that kind of role. So Eddie's response really is to question, is that the best that you can do? So Eddie says, that ain't what I had in mind. And then he goes on, um, as Beatrice says, you know, well, she's got to work sometime. He says, well, I want you to be in a nice office, maybe a lawyer's office someplace in New York in one of them nice buildings. I mean, if you're going to get out of here, then get out. Don't go practically in the same kind of neighborhood. And there's that sense that Eddie has worked hard for Catherine because ultimately he wants Catherine to do what he himself could never do, which is to leave the docks. Um, and to get into the real New York area. So Eddie feels defined by the fact that he works on the docks and he doesn't want Catherine working in an office on the docks um, for this plumbing company. Um, Eddie says, that's one step over the waterfront, they're practically longshoremen. So in his mind, it wouldn't be any real sense of promotion away from the area which she's grown up in. And in his mind, he wants her to be in a different place. But of course, we're made aware in Act 1 of the other motives which um, mean that Eddie's so reluctant to accept this job that Catherine's been offered. And of course, it is his taboo desire to have Catherine for himself. Um, and that is really the key hope and dream that Eddie has that he can't even admit to having that is inevitably going to fail and several other characters throughout the play in important key moments try to get Eddie to confront this this dream of his um this taboo dream um to have Catherine for himself both Alfieri and Beatrice say you can't have her um Alfieri sort of makes a joke at one point you know you can't marry her someone else has got to um, and Beatrice when Eddie's 
going on and on about my name, my name. He's saying, Beatrice says, you, you want something else, but you can't have her. So the whole play is really about Eddie failing to come to terms with that failed dream, failing to come to terms with the fact that he can't have Catherine for himself. But it also references all these other important dreams that the characters cherish. And at the core of the play with the migrants coming over for work, um, really there's a, there's a core message here of everyone's desire for a better life. Um, what's really poignant is when Marco and Rodolfo arrive, um, Rodolfo's reaction is, she said they were poor. You know, as they're looking at this, this slum in Red Hook, um, his reaction is, wow, you know, we've made it just getting here. Um, and so immediately Miller is, making us aware of the different layers and levels of of hopes and dreams of the characters now it becomes pretty clear early on that Rodolfo's ambitious um he wants to make it um he says i want to be an american then i want to go back to italy and i'm when i'm rich i will buy a motorcycle and we can see him with the pay that he's getting from his work splashing cash on what Eddie disdainfully calls pointy shoes and jackets and, and records. But we can see in Rodolfo that desire for um, acceptance and success and recognition. And out of all the characters, actually, Rodolfo is probably the only one who does get what he wants. He does manage to marry Catherine. Um, we are by no means clear that his motives for marrying Catherine are good motives because as Eddie said all along, hey, if he marries her, he's made for life. He's, he's an American citizen. So it's interesting that Rodolfo doesn't really do anything to make us doubt Eddie's perception of him. Um, he goes around splashing the cash and showing that he's desperate to stay in America. So he's also clearly willing to manipulate Catherine in order to achieve his dream. Um, as soon as she says, hey, why don't we move to Italy? A dream of her own, which is kind of um, emerging when she meets Rodolfo and she has this romanticised idea of what their lives could be like in, in Sicily where the oranges grow on the trees. Immediately, um, Rodolfo is very quick to crush that dream and say, you know, we can't do that. That's never going to be an option. And he says it's for good motives. You know, I would be stealing your face in that kind of vivid image of, you know, I'm going to take you to a poor country where you're going to suffer. But I think it's clear that um, as he leads her to the bedroom, he's very clearly manipulating her in order to get what he wants to fulfill his dream. And he doesn't seem to care how he does that. So Rodolfo, a very ambitious, driven character. And Eddie just can't compete with him. Eddie can't keep up with him at all. So at the beginning of the play, when the immigrants arrive... Miller sets it up as, you know, what are the hopes of the characters? Well, the hopes are that Marco and Rodolfo will be established in America and that Eddie will be blessed by having them. That's something that Beatrice sort of says, you know, I hope they're a blessing to you. Um, of course, the opposite of true. Um, we are, this is a tragedy, so we know that it's not going to have a happy ending. And we watch as Eddie's hopes and dreams, particularly for Catherine, get torn apart as the play progresses and as Rodolfo moves in. But another interesting figure to look at would be Marco, because Marco's obviously coming with a very different attitude to Rodolfo. He has a wife, he has children who are apparently starving, and his um, greatest happiness in the play is being able to send money home to them. So in terms of Marco having any real ambition for himself, um, he says, when you have no wife, you have dreams, which implies that he himself has no dreams anymore. His hope is 
a very low hope for just mere survival and a survival that is going to mean a prolonged separation from his family which is obviously a really sad situation and Marco obviously ends the play in a really ambiguous position where he's just killed a man um, he's been discovered that he's in the country illegally he can't marry somebody like Rodolfo's done to secure his, his place there so Marco's future at the end of the play looks pretty bleak he's definitely a figure of pathos in the play um, and even though you can argue you know he's he's violent and he misuses his power um, there's a sense there of the sadness and the wastage of not just Eddie's life but of Marco's as well now what's interesting is at the end of the play Catherine obviously does marry Rodolfo but Catherine makes a comment in act two she says I always dreamt that when I got married he would be happy at the wedding referring to Eddie and in some sense she has to accept that she has to let go some of her dreams that they're not all going to come true and that is a big part of Miller's play is that in the American mindset of dreaming big dreams that you're going to pursue I think there's that sense of the need to moderate your dreams and temper temper them with reality. And um, for Catherine, she can't have both Rodolfo and Eddie um, backing her all the way. She she's either got to have one or the other, and she chooses Rodolfo. And because she chooses him, she has to accept that she doesn't have Eddie's blessing, um, and that that dream about him being happy at the wedding um, is never going to be achieved. Now, it's interesting that Eddie himself is very aware that his own father came out of that situation. And and in the first part of the play in Act One, Eddie shows a compassion to Marco and Rodolfo. Um, Suppose my father didn't come to this country and I was starving like them over there. You know, the characters seem all too aware that they're only just one step away from the poverty and starvation that Marco and Rodolfo have. But what what happens is Eddie loses his compassion because of his selfish pursuit of his own um, unachievable dreams. And that's where that's one of his flaws as a protagonist is that he continues to pursue something that he can never have, um, despite all the warnings and all the signs against him. Um, And that's why he has an inevitable downfall in the play. Alfieri says um, Eddie Carbone had never expected to have a destiny. And in that sense, um, there's real pathos here in that he's just an ordinary guy. And we watch the destruction of um, a, a nice guy who wants to do the right thing, but has ended up doing a very wrong thing in betraying these immigrants. Um with with a with a questionable motive so in that sense we've got a tragedy here which is about the failure of plans hopes and dreams on a number of levels for all the characters and we could talk more about Beatrice and the fact that her whole life she's been in this domestic sphere she's never worked a day in her life as Eddie reminds her contemptuously um and at the end of the play perhaps there's an element of hope for Beatrice that now that Eddie is gone Perhaps she will rise from the ashes and she will start to pursue some of her own dreams, perhaps. Um, But it's certainly a very sombre ending that leaves everyone deeply affected. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, please hit subscribe and share it with a friend. 
You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Teach Me Lit. I'm always open to requests, so if you want me to talk about a text you're studying, get in touch. Thank you for listening. See you next time on the Teach Me Lit podcast.